Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I am your host and fearless leader, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. How's everybody doing today? Happy Tuesday. Probably a lot better than all of these poor bastards left behind in Afghanistan. Joe Biden, that crazy old son of a bitch, he actually did it. He followed through on the troop withdrawal in Afghanistan. It really looks like that fucking godforsaken, unnecessary, illegal, immoral war is over. Uh, I do not want to speak too soon on that because the government botched the withdrawal so badly. We had to send an additional like 6,000 troops into the area to protect the, uh, the withdrawal of the remaining uh, people that we want to get out of there. But it does look like there. I don't think we can go back on this now. It's just been admittedly a disaster. Joe Biden gave a, a, a probably the best speech I've ever heard him give yesterday. Even just grading on a Joe Biden scale or not, it, it was pretty goddamn good in my opinion. So I do have to give credit where credit is due. And obviously that will be the topic of today's show. And co coinciding with the fall of Afghanistan, I regret to inform you, is the fall of the Peddling Fiction Podcast YouTube channel. That is right. We got nuked today. Thank you, Justin, for all of your hard work on that channel and posting clips that you knew were going to get us banned from that channel eventually so that you would have less work to do. But I got the email sometime uh, this afternoon from the YouTube channels saying that they reviewed our content and found severe and repeated violations of our community guidelines. Because of this, we have removed your channel from YouTube. So I guess I wear that as a badge of honor. YouTube can go fuck themselves. I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing because they don't like what you know, what I have to say. But luckily, since enough of you guys had subscribed to the channel, I believe Justin was able to get us up onto the Discord server or something like that. He also saves all of these clips. So he's got he's got an arsenal to unleash on any platform at, at any given moment to see how many of these uh, social media things we can get taken down from. As far as I'm concerned, take take us off of all of I hate having to do all this social media stuff. I'm not very good at it. That's why I uh, thankfully have, have Justin at my side to, to sort of uh, help me out with this sort of stuff. But 
if you were looking for the YouTube channel or some shareable YouTube clips, those are gone now, but we will be up and running on some other shit. I don't know. I, I, I forget what all these platforms are called, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll announce it somehow. Follow me on Twitter. I am still there, at Pedal Fiction. And we're still up on Facebook. And the, you know the, we're still on every other major platform as far as I know. So if you're looking for content, check those normal sources. And hopefully we'll come up with some other alternative to start posting clips that you guys can, can listen to. You know, short shareable clips that you guys can pass along to all your friends and get them on the peddling fiction train here. There is a thunderstorm going on right right now, so if you hear some loud th- thunderous noises or something like that, I am not, you know, <laughs> I am not broadcasting from Afghanistan. The Taliban's not attacking me or anything like that. It is just a a thunderstorm here, kind of earlier than usual. It started a couple hours ago, so we'll we'll see. Hopefully, the the mics won't pick that up. But yeah, it is a hot, humid, rainy day here in Puerto Vallarta. And I think the only other announcement that I have for today, as far as the show is concerned, is that we have the Friday Night Happy Hour. This Friday, we get started at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And if you would like to partake in that, all you have to do is go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com, click on the Support the Show tab, and set up a recurring monthly donation for any denomination of your choice. That will get you into the the invite for the the friday night happy hour and i think those of you that do participate would agree that it is a lot of fun it is something that i think we all look forward to now every other friday getting together getting to catch up with with people having a drink watching the sunset here hopefully we'll have a sunset we didn't get one the last time just because it was so cloudy but you know we usually go for at at least a couple hours uh, normally and uh, sometimes we go much later than that. I think we went into the wee hours of the night last time. So if that's something that you're interested in, become a supporting listener of the show. All right. So um, anyway, let's let's dive right into it because the longest war in American history seems to have been brought to an end by an an unlikely commander in chief in Joe Biden. <laughs> It really is. Uh, you know, I was very, very skeptical, as you guys have probably uh, realized over the last uh, couple of months, that Joe Biden was actually going to follow through on this. You know, as soon as he sort of pushed back Trump's timeline that, that he had negotiated the withdrawal for, I think it was May 1st, as soon as he pushed that back and sent an additional couple thousand troops over there or something like that, I was really, really skeptical that this was ever going to come to an end. But of course, now that it looks like it has, and in just hilariously embarrassing fashion for the administration, I mean, this could not have gone much worse. But now that it has, it all of the... Yeah, all of these neocons have come out of the woodwork to criticize him. He's getting criticized by the 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 war hawks on the left as well. And I gotta say, uh, good for him for sticking to his guns. At least in the speech that he gave yesterday, you know, it was odd that he waited so long. I guess not odd. I guess it's pretty pretty typical for Joe Biden to not really address the nation when things are happening, but. It took him a long time to come up with this speech to give. And did I get the clip yet? What the fuck is going on here? Sorry, I've been trying to pull this clip like the, this entire time I've been talking. 
so that we can go through it here and nothing seems to be happening. And what else is odd is that I never in a million years would have thought I would be giving Joe Biden credit for a speech that he gave, let alone pulling the the troops out of Afghanistan and ending this absurd war. Just absolutely absurd that we've been we've been there for 20 years. I suppose out of all the wars that we have going on right now, and I, I can't off the top of my head, I don't even was there like seven going on right now. That there, there's just so much going on that uh, that we like most Americans have no idea what's going on. I guess Afghanistan was the most justifiable, like at least when it, when it, when it started. You know, this is where all the guys that attacked us on nine eleven, even though they're a bunch of Saudis. <laughs> They were all hiding out in Afghanistan, so I guess there's that. But the the rest of these wars, there's there's like really no justification whatsoever. You know the the weapons of mass destruction and the the nation building that we have to do now and all this. You know, just the the whole war on terror is absolutely ridiculous. But you know this idea that we're sending over American troops. And we're spending, I think we spent more than a trillion dollars in Afghanistan. And we're watching that that so-called, you know, this, this is what the government would call an investment, right? They talk, they always talk about these investments that they're making on your behalf. The, the, the foreign policy investments, you know, they're investing in your freedom and your safety. So we have to go fight them over there so we don't fight them over here. And this is going to prevent terror attacks and this is going to make you safer and more free and yada, yada, yada. All those bullshit lies they tell us. That's the, the foreign uh, policy investment that you've been getting. And you're watching it evaporate right in front of your eyes. 20 years of blood, sweat, tears, and treasure down the drain in a matter of days. The the Afghan uh, government completely collapsed. The president fled with cars and helicopters full of cash, of course. So he's going to be just fine on, on some remote island surrounded by, you know, billions of dollars that he's gotten from the American public. The Afghan army that we've been training for, I don't know, the last decade or so, how long we've been pretending to train these guys. Uh, They just, they they didn't even attempt to fight. They all just fled. They they just left their weapon, all these weapons and uh, military equipment that we'd left there, fighter planes, helicopters, Humvees, Gun, all kinds of guns and stuff. You're seeing like stockpiles of of guns and ammunition and military equipment just being uh, raided by the Taliban right now. They they just left it all behind and they they couldn't get out of there fast enough. So I, I mean, it, why anybody would expect anything less than what happened? Who didn't see this coming? First of all, we've seen this play out before. We saw it happen, what was it, in Iraq the first time we pulled out? Was that in like 2011 or something? Didn't the, the whole Iraqi army just do the exact same thing? Or am I confusing that with something else? Like there was a blueprint for exactly what was going to happen. And then, of course, there's the the whole uh, the end of Vietnam War thing where like you know people are trying to get up to the the roof of the US embassy and being evacuated in a helicopter like right before the the fucking North Vietnamese come in and, and uh storm the building so this is bringing back memories of that Th- this is tr- this is how the the US 
ends the ends wars that we lose. I, I mean, we there's there's just no other way of saying it. We we lost this war in Afghanistan. We lost the war in Vietnam. We haven't won a war in the last like fifty years or so. And everything that we've declared war on, everything that the government has declared war on, whether it be the the war on drugs the war on poverty, the war on terror, they've all been a huge embarrassing failure. They just haven't admitted to the, the failures yet on poverty and drugs. But that's coming. That is absolutely coming. You know, that's the other, those are the other investments that they're making on your behalf. You know, they're investing in infrastructure and and roads and, and jobs and the, the electric grid and all this stuff and green energy. And they're going to make, they're going to eradicate poverty and they're going to fight the war on drugs. And these these wars and these investments will turn out exactly the way that Afghanistan did. So anytime, and I, I tweeted something out to this effect, but anytime from, from now on, this is, this is what you think about. This is the blueprint. This is the result of government action, okay? Anytime you hear a politician make a promise, anytime you hear a politician say they have a plan for X, Y, and Z, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, this is what's going to happen, and, and don't worry because we got this under control and we got all these contingent. we've planned for every contingency as we'll get to in Joe Biden's speech here. Think of Afghanistan. Think of the debacle that this was. A complete and utter waste of time, waste of lives, waste of energy, waste of money. They've completely destroyed the lives of millions of people over there. And, you know, all this attention is being given to the botched withdrawal as if that was like the huge debacle here. No, the, the whole thing was a mistake. The whole thing was fucked up from the beginning. This entire mission in Afghanistan was a debacle that should have never taken place. So, yeah, you know, like uh, they fucked up the withdrawal, but th they fucked up the entire thing. The whole thing has just been an unmitigated disaster from day one, and they knew it the entire time. I mean, wh so why would you expect why would you expect the withdrawal to be any better than the way they waged the entire conflict? W what has the government done to instill that sort of confidence in you? Everything they do is an unmitigated disaster. Why would the withdrawal from Afghanistan be any different, be any less of a disaster than the entire war in Afghanistan was for the last 20 years? And look look at how it's ending. We, we have nothing to show for it. Nothing but chaos and destruction and embarrassment. That That is the end result of every government policy, every government plan. This is how it turns out. So why anybody would expect anything other than this result is beyond me. There is nothing that I can think of that the government has done in my lifetime or in the history of government that would indicate to me that they would do something, that, that, that this withdrawal would have been orderly and successful and efficient. That, that is not how government operates. They've given you no indication that they are competent at all in any arena. So why? Why is everybody so surprised that this was a complete and utter disaster? We should have known better than than to get involved in this in the first place. And, and speaking of that, Ron Paul, feel free to take a big-ass fucking bow 
and maybe a little victory lap for just being right about everything. Just being absolutely on point, not just about the all of these endless immoral wars that we've been fighting, but feel free to to listen to him on monetary policy. He predicted the housing collapse of 2008. He's been right on everything, the war on drugs, all of it. So it, it was nice to see that he was trending on Twitter. In light of this, you know, people were like, oh, there was this this guy who was branded a kook, you know, these these weird libertarians, they don't know, they're, they're crazy, their foreign policy, just insane. And yet, if we had just listened to him, this entire thing could have been avoided, at least for the most part. I, I believe, you know, it it was surprising that he voted uh, to authorize the, the, the use of military force in, in 2001 after September 11th, which is what they used as justification to go into Afghanistan originally. That was like, you know, this is, we're authorizing you to use military force. And they, they put it in such a vague way. I forget exactly how they put it, but it was like to go after those responsible for the 9-11 attack or the the places that are, you know, giving aid and, and comfort to the enemy or something like that. So basically just a blank check for the military industrial complex. I was surprised to see that he did support that. There was only one person in Congress, and I forget the the lady's name, that voted against it. Just one out of everybody. Um, the Senate unanimously voted for it, and one person in the fucking House voted against that. So that that just goes to show you, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, well, these Republicans, they, they just want to they want to tax you so you can bomb other places. At least, you know, the Democrats just want to tax you so that they can spend it, it on uh, you know, all these like welfare programs here at home. Uh-uh. No, no, no. They this is this is the bipartisanship that we talk about. This is the the, the worst of both worlds. They both love these fucking endless wars that we're fighting that, you know, you can use any justification that you want. Vague uh, declare vague enemies like terror and uh, poverty and drugs and now we're fighting a war on viruses so that this is you know this is the next front you know one thing that i was thinking about today was that i i don't think they're going to be able to get the american people to support another intervention like this now granted we still have several going on right now but i don't think they can get us to go along with another quagmire like afghanistan Hopefully, at least not for until that you know the the younger generation forgets about this, which will be a lifetime from now. Because I mean, this was just the way that this ended is so bad, it was so fucking botched, and we have nothing to show for it. And so many people are upset that you know, and rightfully so, especially from the perspective of you know all these these troops that fought over there that that gave their their lives or watched their friends die and, and it was just they're realizing now that it was for absolutely nothing that that must be a tough pill to swallow so hopefully if anything good comes out of this debacle that was the US withdrawal from Afghanistan other the other than the fact that the war is over and we can finally close the books on Afghanistan. Thank fucking God for that. 
but hopefully they won't be able to get us into another one of these ridiculous things for bullshit reasons that are go- that, that that's just going to engulf an entire generation of people, you know, bog them down in war and spending for for absolutely nothing, for no no reason whatsoever. However, they have found the new frontier in which to direct the, this military-industrial complex, and that is the coronavirus. That they are turning all of this stuff that we were doing outward, they're turning it inward on us. The whole foreign policy objective, you know, fighting these endless wars, getting these blank checks, and the you know the tacit or explicit approval of the American people to go and, and wage that war. You know, there were everybody was gung ho about this stuff in two thousand one after we were attacked. They they could have said just about anything, and they pretty much did. And we went and attacked everybody, everybody but the ones responsible for doing it. That is what they are doing now with the coronavirus. So, like there, there's a lot of parallels here that I I tried to shed some light on on Twitter last night as well. Everybody that is in support of the the withdrawal from Afghanistan because you, you know because we're we're fighting this war and there's just there's no end in sight and it's like yeah you know we can hold back the Taliban but we're going to have to stay there forever in order to do it and that we just can't do that we we're we're already broke we can't afford to do it it's unrealistic to think that we can stay there in perpetuity in order to hold back this onslaught of the Taliban. But we know as soon as we pull out, what we're watching happen over the last few days is going to happen. Well then, in my mind, and the mind of a lot of Americans, the sooner we rip that Band-Aid off and end this ridiculous policy and just admit that we can't do this, the better. Because we know that no matter how long we stay there and we, we try to fight this endless war, the second we pull out, we're going to have the exact same problem that we had to begin with. The, the same thing can be said for the lockdowns and the mask mandates and the way we're fighting the coronavirus, which is why these lockdowns were so ridiculous to begin with. Because at some point, we have to open up the economy again. We're, we're not going to all remain in our houses and not work and produce anything for the rest of our lives. Or likewise, we're not going to be social distancing and wearing masks everywhere we go for the rest of our lives. It's just not going to happen. So at some point, we are going to have to go back to living our lives. And as soon as that point is, as soon as you end that lockdown, guess what's going to happen? The coronavirus is going to start spreading again. Just like the Taliban, you know, just replace Taliban with coronavirus and you have the exact same problem. So anybody that's in favor of ending this um, this Afghan war because we can't stay there forever. And as soon as we leave, the, the Taliban's just going to come in just like they did. They should all be in favor of ending the lockdowns and the mask mandates just as swiftly and as we did the the um, the Afghan war. Just immediately put an end to it because we're going to have to deal with this eventually. We might as well deal with it now. Uh, why, why, you know, sa- sacrifice y- uh, another year, another decade, another 20 years fighting this futile war against something that we can't defeat? You can't defeat terrorism. You're not going to defeat the Taliban. We're not going to defeat viruses. <laughs> The, the virus nor the Taliban is going anywhere. It's time to come to terms with that. We did it in Afghanistan. 
it's time to do it here at home because they are going to try to employ all of the tactics that they did over in Afghanistan and use them here on the American people. That is their next, you know, frontier for blank check so that they can just print money and do whatever the hell they want to do. All in the name of protecting you and the American people. And for that matter, you know, uh, all of these other wars that we have going on right now, all of the reasons for ending the, the war in Afghanistan apply equally, if not more so, to all of these other conflicts we have going on in Iraq and Syria and Libya and uh, Somalia, Yemen, everything, all of it. I mean, like I said uh, earlier, the Af- Afghanistan was probably the most justifiable. Now, it like it was a flimsy justification to begin with, but compared to the rest of these these wars or conflicts or whatever the hell you want to call them, it was probably the most justified. So if if this this is the reason we must uh, if the reasons and I have the Joe Biden clip ready to go here, so we'll listen to what he has to say. If what he is saying is true for Afghanistan, it applies to all of these other wars as well. So we might as well just rip the bandaid off, end it all, just get it over with. I don't care how big of a debacle it is pulling out of all these places. Just do it, get it over with, swallow that bitter tasting pill, and we can we can put this into the dustbin of history where it belongs and hopefully learn the, the right lessons from it. Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Lorenzotti Coffee. You know them well by now. They're our oldest and longest running sponsor. We love these guys. We love their premium Italian coffee that they deliver right to your door. So do yourself a favor. Get your mornings started right with the taste of freedom. Go to lorenzotti.coffee and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you. And you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzotti, L-O-R-E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I dot coffee, promo code FICTION. Get all of your coffee and coffee supplies from these guys. There are two liberty-minded entrepreneurs that came together over their love of coffee and their love of liberty. And not only are they fans of the show, but they've gone above and beyond the call of duty as a sponsor. So go order some coffee, order an espresso machine, get a coffee grinder, do it all at Lorenzotti.coffee, promo code FICTION. All right. Anyway, like like I said, Joe Biden addressed the nation yesterday for like, I don't know, 10 or 12 minutes, something like that. And I thought it was a pretty good speech. I mean, not it was really good by Joe Biden's standards. I agreed with a lot of what he said. And then I disagreed with, uh, uh, you know, some of the things he said. But I do I do have to give him credit for sticking to his guns, man. Fuck all of these people that are busting his balls over over this withdrawal and over the Taliban taking over. That was all going to fucking happen. No no matter what. We could have had a I don't even know how you define a perfect withdrawal from Afghanistan. But let's say it was, you know, the epitome of perfection. He did everything right. We got everybody out of there. All of the the personnel and all the uh, Afghan people that helped us wage that war. And we, you know, we got all of our military equipment out of there. Or we at least destroyed it so that it didn't fall into the Taliban hands. All that stuff was done perfect. Taliban still fucking rolls over the Afghan army that doesn't want to fight, that has no stomach for this. And the, the government still fucking collapses and they flee and the Taliban takes over. This was inevitable. We knew it was going to happen. Everybody knew it was going to happen, which is why nobody had the fucking balls to go through with it. 
Nobody wanted this to go down on their watch. And God bless Joe Biden, whether he fucking realized it or not, you know, like he at least went through with this and he's owning it for the most part. I mean, he blamed Trump a little bit, but you know, he's, he's sticking to his guns here. He's, he's owning it. But that, I mean, that's why this, this wouldn't happen before because everybody knew that the second we pulled out the, all of these bullshit lies, they were telling us were going to come crumbling down this idea that we had trained this Afghan army that was powerful enough to support the government. I mean, go around and watch some of these videos of them trying to train. They can't even do fucking jumping jacks. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. And if you had talked to anybody that had been over there, any of anybody that that worked in training these troops, anybody in special forces, they knew that th- this was a fucking joke. They knew that this was a lie. That they they can't they can't fight and and stand up for that country. Nor do they want to. This is a this is not a like a country that has a sense of of nationality of unity or anything like that. Afghanistan is very tribal. They don't have the the unity of of say a United States or something like that. They don't have a national identity of Iran or anything like that. The, this is just a bunch of of different tribes. And, and like when you try to force something, you you try to force the American way of life uh, on a bunch of Afghan tribal people. This is the result that you get. And everybody knew that this was inevitable. Nobody wanted to bite the bullet on their watch and say what you will about sleepy, creepy Joe Biden. At least he fucking did it. And I mean, he's old enough and senile enough. He probably doesn't even remember that this happened by now. But he really didn't have much to lose. So at least he did what no other president in my lifetime has had the balls to do. He fucking ended a war. He stood up to the military-industrial complex. He's taken a lot of political heat. And he should take heat for the botched withdrawal, but not for ending the war. The, the idea that this would have turned out any differently, like I said, is, is absolutely absurd. So credit where credit is due. He will do nothing else that I can praise him for. I guarantee you that. This will be the one good thing to come out of a Joe Biden presidency is the end of the war in Afghanistan, assuming that we follow through on this and these six or 7,000 troops that we have there now end up coming home immediately as well. So here is our commander-in-chief, Joe Biden, defending his decision to end the longest war in American history. Let's go ahead and roll it. This did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. So what's happened? Afghanistan political leaders gave up and fled the country. The Afghan military collapsed, sometime without trying to fight. If anything, the developments of the past week reinforced that ending U.S. military involvement in Afghanistan now was the right decision. American troops cannot and should not be fighting in a war and dying in a war that Afghan forces are not willing to fight for themselves. We spent over a trillion dollars. We trained and equipped an Afghan military force with some 300,000 strong, incredibly well-equipped, a force larger in size than the militaries of many of our NATO allies. We gave them every tool they could need. We paid their salaries. 
provided for the maintenance of their Air Force, something the Taliban doesn't have. Taliban does not have an Air Force. We provided close air support. We gave them every chance to determine their own future. We could not provide them was the will to fight for that future. There's some very brave and capable Afghan special forces units and soldiers. But if Afghanistan is unable to mount any real resistance of the Taliban now, there is no chance that one year, one more year, five more years, or 20 more years, the U.S. military boots in the ground would have made any difference. Okay, let, let's pause it there for a quick second. Uh, yeah, it, you know, all of the, the reasons that can be used to justify ending the war in Afghanistan today, unfortunately, could have been used 10 years ago, 15 years ago, could have been used to, you know, to not start the war in the first place. It is very unfortunate that it took us this long to come to terms with the fact that this was this never had a chance at success. Ever, ever. I, I don't understand the, the amount of hubris that Americans have to think that we can go into a, a, a country. Listen, most Americans cannot find Afghanistan on a map. And even more hilariously, this just encapsulates everything, the ridiculousness of this whole conflict perfectly. Because the, the trending hashtags on Twitter, the first like eight of them all spell Afghanistan wrong. So not only can Americans not find Afghanistan on a map, we can't even fucking spell the country correctly either. And yet this is where we have to send our sons and daughters off to die. This is where we're spending a trillion dollars. We we think that we can just march over there, not knowing anything about the culture, knowing nothing about the people, their way of life, their their understanding of the world, the way that they operate, you know, in this tribal, you know, their mentality, all of this stuff. We know nothing. And we're just like, hey. We know the best way to live. Live like us. We're going to impose our will on you. You should embrace democracy and the American way of life. And, and we just think that we just go over there and shove it down their throats. What a horrible fucking idea. And what a ridiculous idea. I mean, talk to anybody that was over there and, and the way the culture of Afghanistan. And they will tell you immediately after maybe a couple months over there that this was just this was hopeless this was absolutely hopeless there was no clear mission there was no way of achieving even the things that they talked about achieving this was never going to happen and the idea that the freedom of the american people the safety of the american people relies on us having according to you know the fucking Lindsey Grahams and the Liz Cheneys of the world, a permanent presence over there. We we always have to have a foothold of at least a few thousand troops over there so we can get intel and we can thwart these terrorist attacks. That, oh God, it's amazing to me that at like how much worse could these operations go in Iraq and Afghanistan and all these other attempts at regime change and nation building that we've undergone in the last 30 plus years? How much worse could they go before these fucking idiot neocons admit that this is ridiculous, that this is hopeless, that th this attempt 
at nation building and forcing the American way of life on people who don't want it, who have no fucking stomach for it, that it's just a terrible idea. And that one of the reasons, if not the only reason, why they they were attacking us in the first place was because we were bombing them to begin with. Because we were over there messing with their fucking way of life. Obviously, there's something to this blowback theory that Ron Paul was talking about 20 fucking years ago. Obviously. I mean, who can't see that now? Fucking Liz Cheney. Unbelievable. She's still sticking to it. I mean, of course, she's got to defend her fucking dumbass dad. Ugh, man. I, I mean, talk about the definition of insanity. But doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That is par for the course when it comes to our foreign policy and every government policy for that matter. But but this is the one that costs millions of people their lives and costs the American people a ton of money and, you know, their lives, their limbs of their sons and daughters. Ugh, it's just pure evil, just pure, unadulterated evil. And they couch it in this like virtuous mission to go you know spread freedom and democracy around the world now get the fuck out of here get the fuck out of here that's not what this is about but anyway back to what joe biden was talking about yeah so we were over there for 20 years and you know he even extended it we were supposed to pull out in may imagine how much worse this uh this withdrawal would have been in may i mean they gave us an extra what four months Three, four months to get this done, and it was still a goddamn disaster. There was no amount of time. You know, we had 20 years to prepare for this day, and we knew it was coming for at least a year before this, and it was still just an unmitigated disaster. That is how government operates. So, yes, we don't need another year. We don't need another month. We don't need anything. This was always and forever going to be an unmitigated disaster because that's all government is capable of accomplishing. Like I've talked about a million times on this show, all they do is fuck up everything that they touch. All they do is destroy this, you know, foreign policy, troop withdrawals, the military. It is no exception to that rule. All right, let's go ahead and roll it. Here's what I believe to my core. It is wrong to order American troops to step up when Afghanistan's own armed forces would not. The political leaders of Afghanistan were unable to come together for the good of their people, unable to negotiate for the future of their country when the chips were down. They would never have done so while U.S. troops remained in Afghanistan, bearing the brunt of the fighting for them. And our true strategic competitors, China and Russia would love nothing more than the United States to continue to funnel billions of dollars in resources and attention into stabilizing Afghanistan indefinitely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's almost as if they took a page out of our playbook. This was literally our plan after we, you know, after we got bogged down in the quagmire that was the Vietnam War and we saw how much money and American lives cost that that cost us and how much turmoil both abroad and at home it caused we literally set out to get the Russians to go into Afghanistan so they could get their own Vietnam and then what do we do just a few fucking years after that we we dive right in 
hook, line, and sinker. We fall for our own fucking trap. This is, you know, this is the problem with having the, you know, the, the government educate the American people. If anybody had had some semblance of history taught to them outside of a government school, they would have known that going into Afghanistan was a fucking guaranteed failure. Guaranteed. It's like, you know, there, there are very few places on the face of the earth that you could say, yeah, no, you can't conquer that. That like that's got to be like one of the worst places to try to conquer. Just the, co- try to conquer the people. Try to win over the hearts and minds of the Afghan people. Like I said, they're all a little bit different. The terrain. You ever seen the terrain of Afghanistan? It's all fucking mountains and shit. You can't get around. But of course, the American people have no sense of fucking history. They have no sense of geography. So it's easy. It's easy to fool a bunch of fucking sheep that you that you uh, train, that you lecture in government schools. You train them to be the bobblehead NPCs that listened to the Joe Bidens of, you know, 40 years ago, of 20 years ago, talking about how we have to go over there so that we can end all of this terrorism. And yeah, we should have pulled the fucking ripcord on this 15 fucking years ago, minimum. Minimum. It should have been obvious that this was an unwinnable task, an unwinnable war, a waste of fucking money, a bad investment. And if it was your money and if it was your lives on the line, you would have pulled the ripcord immediately. But since these politicians have no skin in the game, they don't suffer anything. They don't sacrifice anything. They always ask other people to sacrifice on their behalf. Well, then they can just keep pushing it on to the next administration. Well, I don't want to be blamed for the debacle. I don't want to be blamed for this, you know, de- this uh, botched troop withdrawal. I don't want that. I don't want the only thing that they would suffer is political backlash. Oh, some politicians would make fun of them and criticize their handling of the situation. They won't even fucking sacrifice that. That's how big of pussies these politicians are. They'll ask you to go over and be cannon fodder overseas on their behalf. They'll ask you to sacrifice trillions of your hard-earned dollars, the lives of your sons and daughters, and they won't suffer a week's worth of criticism because we know that this will be over before we know it. With the 24-hour news cycle, the media will be on to their next bullshit story, and you just have to weather the storm for a little bit and field some bullshit criticisms from Lindsey Graham. How hard is that? I would love it if Lindsey Graham and Liz, and, uh, Liz Cheney and fucking, what's her name, uh, Megan McCain and all those people criticize me. That would be fun for me. I, I would pull out of these wars just to get them to try to criticize me for it. And then you get to fucking fire back at them. But no, they, they won't even sacrifice their political uh, agenda, their political careers, the backlash that they might face. They're, they're cowards. They don't care about anything but themselves. Case in point, like who are the dumbass American people in the corporate press arguing over who to blame for this, right? It's either Donald Trump's fault because this was his plan, this is his planned withdrawal, or it's Biden's fault because he was the president during the actual withdrawal. Nobody is talking about Bush, and he was the one that fucking started this whole thing in the first place. See, it worked like a charm for him. He's laughing all the way to the bank. It really is fucking unbelievable. Anyway, let's keep going. Swine. Left again to ask of those who argue that we should stay. How many more generations of America's daughters and sons 
would you have me send to fight Afghans, Afghanistan's civil war when Afghan troops will not? How many more lives, American lives, is it worth? How many endless rows of headstones at Arlington National Cemetery? I'm clear on my answer. I will not repeat the mistakes we've made in the past. Mistake of staying and fighting indefinitely in a conflict that is not in the national interest of the United States, of doubling down on a civil war in a foreign country, of attempting to remake a country through the endless military deployments of U.S. forces. Those are the mistakes we cannot continue to repeat because we have significant vital interest in the world that we cannot afford to ignore. Amen. Amen, brother. That was probably my, my favorite part of this speech. Perfectly said. But my only criticism is that I wish you would have fucking said it 20 years ago. <laughs> like, this, this, it, it, I mean, I, I think that Joe Biden has been against this for a while. And I, if I remember correctly, there were whispers that he was trying to get Obama to end a lot of these wars and uh, or the Afghan war. I could be wrong about that, but I guess better late than never. And, you know, I don't care personally how how bad the the withdrawal goes as long as it's just over. It, nothing's going to be worse than what we were doing over the last 20 years. So I, I just don't want to hear it. You know, I don't want to hear uh, all this hemming and hawing about how, how, the, how people are concerned about the Afghan people now. Nobody seemed to give a rip about them when we were bombing the bejesus out of the fuck out of their country for the last two decades. Nobody gave a shit about them. So to feign fucking outrage now and concern now, I don't want to hear it. I just don't want to hear it. But yeah, we should not be using our military for this. We should not be sacrificing American lives, uh, money that's stolen from the American people to wage these illegal, immoral wars. Specifically because they are illegal and immoral. But even if they weren't, they're unwinnable. This is a fucking wild goose chase. So no matter how you look at it, this was a this was a bad idea. It was a waste of of everything. And the the sooner we ended it, the better. I also want to acknowledge how painful this is to so many of us. The scenes we're seeing in Afghanistan, they're gut-wrenching, particularly for our veterans, our diplomats, humanitarian workers, for anyone who has spent time on the ground working to support the Afghan people. For those who have lost loved ones in Afghanistan and for Americans who have fought and served in the country, serve our country in Afghanistan, this is deeply, deeply personal. It is for me as well. I've worked on these issues as long as anyone. I met with the people. I've spoken to the leaders. I spent time with our troops, and I came to understand firsthand what was and was not possible in Afghanistan. So now we're focused on what is possible. We will continue to support the Afghan people. We will lead with our diplomacy, our international influence, and our humanitarian aid. We'll continue to push for regional diplomacy and engagement to prevent violence and instability. We'll continue to speak out for the basic rights of the Afghan people, of women and girls, just as we speak out all over the world. 
I've been clear, the human rights must be the center of our foreign policy, not the periphery. But the way to do it is not through endless military deployments. It's with our diplomacy, our economic tools, and rallying the world to join us. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure it is. I, I can only imagine the, the level of frustration that veterans are feeling after watching this go down. And I do, I am very sympathetic to all of these people that are stranded now in a broken country. You've watched your government collapse. A, a couple of things, though. I mean, for all of the people in the military, it, it's not like this is the first time we've done this, okay? It, I, I'm sorry that you got fucking lied into this stuff and and lied and bribed into going over and, and fighting this war. But again, like the, this has been done many times by the U.S. before. We should know better at this point. And the same holds true for all of these people that are now stranded in Afghanistan. I, it is a tragic situation. And it, you know, maybe the it, it could have been handled better. It, you know, it probably could have been handled better by a slightly more competent administration. But, you know, it's not like they didn't have 20 years to figure this out. It's not like they didn't have 20 years to find out, figure out a way to get out of that country. And it's not like we didn't broadcast to the world that this was happening. They've had several months to prepare for this. So, I mean, I mean. You know, there is a level of personal responsibility here that I think a lot of people have to look in the mirror and say, you know, uh, I knew this was coming. I didn't prepare properly for it. And and now I'm now I'm in a really tight spot. And that kind of goes to the, you know, one of the bigger, broader messages of this show. I, I talk about constantly, you know, improving your your situation, your living situation so that you are not stuck when we're in a place that you do not want to be. When the shit hits the fucking fan, you want to be gone and you want to be able to get gone immediately. I mean, the writing has been on the wall in Afghanistan for a long fucking time. We had this negotiated deal for May 5th. You even got an extra three months to get the fuck out of there. So why are you hanging around? And I know that that may seem, you know, come off as sort of callous and insensitive, but I'm sorry. I mean, like, you had 20 years and I get, I get that, that, I mean, we've been ravaging the fucking country and devastating their lives this entire time. So it, it's not like this simple thing that you can do, but uh, like uh, the same, the same message that I give to the, the, the U S troops, I give to the Afghan people. I mean, we've done this before. You saw us do it in Iraq. You saw us do it in Vietnam. You, you, you know, it's not like this is the first time this has happened picked the wrong side you took the word of the u.s government where have we seen that before i mean this goes all the way back to the fucking indians as long as the grass grows and the river flows right we reneged on that deal we've reneged on just about every fucking promise that we've made as far as we being the fucking u.s government why anybody trusts them at this point is beyond me and that's what a lot of you know a lot of these neocons and these republicans that are criticizing and on the left, too, that are criticizing Biden for doing this. Like, oh, you're tarnishing the reputation of America. Nobody's going to believe us anymore. Nobody's going to take us at our word. Oh, they shouldn't have taken us at our word to begin with. I mean, what what in the in the last uh, you know couple hundred years of U.S. government let you led you to believe that, that we were a, a country of our word, that we would keep our promise, that we would take care of you, never leave a man behind? Now get the fuck out of here. 
we, we, we've picked up and left several times. We've left people hanging all over the fucking world. Don't trust the government. Do not, you, you shouldn't trust them any farther than you can throw them. And they are the biggest, heaviest, most cumbersome government that has ever walked the face of the earth. So again, th- there are many lessons to be learned from this whole fiasco. This is a blueprint for everything. And every time you hear a political promise, I don't care how small or how large, think Afghanistan. Think of what they did to the U.S. military, all of our veterans that they left, that that they just wasted their lives and their efforts. Think of how we left the Afghan people. This was not an accident. They, he even says later on in the speech, we planned for every contingency. Oh, okay. <laughs> Except for like the most obvious one, apparently. But this is not an accident. This is not like, oh, all of a sudden, you know, we woke up one day and we had to pull out of Afghanistan. It's been going on since I was 16 fucking years old. I was in high school when this conflict started. The hell out of here. We had plenty of time to plan for this. We had plenty of time. They just don't give a shit. They don't care. They only care about themselves. The And to the extent that they wanted a successful withdrawal, it was only to avoid political backlash. That's it. They don't care about the Afghan people. They don't care about the U.S. military, all these veterans. If they cared about the veterans, they wouldn't be fighting these pointless, endless wars in perpetuity. And if they cared about the the people of Afghanistan, they wouldn't have been bombing the country for the last two decades. Anyway, let's uh, let's keep going here. Oh, wait. Yeah, you talked about using diplomacy to talk about, you know, to talk our ideas to the to the Afghan government, now, now the Taliban. And I did see this fucking pathetic video of, of some Biden spokesman out today. I think it was today, might have been yesterday, talking about how they're they're asking the Taliban to be more inclusive with their new government and include women in it. I mean, this is just absolutely ridiculous. More ridiculous than trying to nation build is trying to get the Taliban to be more inclusive with women. I mean, could you be any more out of touch? Oh, God. No wonder we fucking lost this war. This is our fucking administration. Can you, can you include some more women in your government, please? How about that? Can you just, uh, you know, be more inclusive with the LGBTQRS community and all that stuff? And just, you know, get some women on your board and we'll be all hunky-dory. Just be inclusive and progressive and everything like that. <laughs> Unbelievable. You have any idea who the fuck you're talking to? The guys that will just stone a woman to death for having sex, like, uh, you know, creating a, uh, committing adultery. You don't let women go to fucking school and shit. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Talk about not knowing your enemy. Unbelievable. No wonder. No wonder this was such a fucking disaster. Anyway, hang on. Let's let's hear what the plan is going forward. Actually, you know what? That part's just kind of boring. He talks about how they're going to evacuate everybody and we're going to get, you know, we're going to work tirelessly to get everybody out of there. Blah, 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 blah. We all know that. We're going to we're going to move on to the, the last clip that I have here, which is a, a, another one of my favorite parts of this speech that I, you know, it, it's both just said perfectly and also infuriating at the same time, which is kind of interesting. So let's go ahead and roll it. And once we have completed this mission, We will conclude our military withdrawal. We'll end America's longest war after 20 long years of bloodshed. The events we're seeing now are sadly proof that no amount of military force would ever deliver a stable, united, secure Afghanistan, as known in history as the graveyard of empires. 
What's happening now could just as easily happen five years ago or 15 years in the future. We have to be honest. Our mission in Afghanistan has taken many missteps, made many missteps over the past two decades. I'm now the fourth American president to preside over war in Afghanistan, two Democrats and two Republicans. I will not pass this responsibly on, responsibility on to a fifth president. I will not mislead the American people by claiming that just a little more time in Afghanistan will make all the difference. Nor will I shrink from my share of responsibility for where we are today and how we must move forward from here. I am president of the United States of America, and the buck stops with me. I'm deeply saddened by the facts we now face. But I do not regret my decision to end America's war fighting in Afghanistan and maintain a laser focus on our counterterrorism missions there and other parts of the world. Our mission to degrade the terrorist threat of Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan and kill Osama bin Laden was a success. Our decades-long effort to overcome centuries of history and permanently change and remake Afghanistan was not, and I wrote and believed it never could be. I cannot and will not ask our troops to fight on endlessly in another, in another country's civil war, taking casualties, suffering life-shattering injuries, leaving families broken by grief and loss. This is not in our national security interest. It is not what the American people want. It is not what our troops, who have sacrificed so much over the past two decades, deserve. I made a commitment to the American people when I ran for president that I would bring America's military involvement in Afghanistan to an end. While it's been hard and messy, and yes, far from perfect, I've honored that commitment. More importantly, I made a commitment to the brave men and women who serve this nation that I wasn't going to ask them to continue to risk their lives in a military action that should have ended long ago. Our leaders did that in Vietnam when I got here as a young man. I will not do it in Afghanistan. I know my decision will be criticized. But I would rather take all that criticism than pass this decision on to another president of the United States, yet another one, a fifth one. Because it's the right one, it's the right decision for our people, the right one for our brave service members who risk their lives serving our nation. And it's the right one for America. Thank you. May God protect our troops, our diplomats, all brave Americans serving in harm's way. Okay, yeah, with like 85 to 90 percent of that, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, actually, I couldn't agree with all, more with all of it. I mean, he's he's exactly right on this, and I'm glad, like I said, he, he does deserve all of the fucking credit for finally just like suffering the slings and arrows here. There, he is, this is politically very unpopular, and I have some thoughts on that that I want to circle back to. But just the first part of that, where he talks about, you know, what's so infuriating about this is that they knew, they fucking knew that Afghanistan was the graveyard of empires, that no amount of force could fucking overcome that. They knew it and they did it anyway. 
that's what fucking that's what evil is really about. So yeah, mad props for fucking ending it. But you fucking knew about this. It's not like this is, you know, the first time somebody tried to go into Afghanistan. We knew about this ahead of time and they went and they did it anyway. Not only that, they campaigned for it. They propagandized for it. They lied to the American people over the last 20 years. You've all been duped. They knew exactly what they were getting into. And they knew for at least for the last 15 plus years that this was hopeless, that this was absolutely ridiculous it's like okay when did we when did we get osama bin laden in like 2011 or something like that okay uh after that anything after that was just complete bullshit and they fucking knew it they knew it they knew we had no chance of doing this and they went and they did it anyways and nobody from you know obama to donald trump had the fucking balls to end this donald trump comes out and talks about how great his fucking withdrawal would have been well, sorry, motherfucker, you had your chance and you punted. You punted it. Maybe Now, maybe you thought you were going to win re-election, which I can't blame you for that. I definitely thought you would, too. But you had, you could have done this withdrawal on day one of your administration. You are the commander-in-chief. That is literally the one thing that any president can do unilaterally. It's end these fucking wars. And you didn't have the balls to do it. You pushed it on to your fucking second term. And that second term didn't materialize, so I don't want to fucking hear how, how great and terrific your fucking withdrawal would have been either. At least at least we did it. I don't care, like I said, how bad the withdrawal was, how botched it was. Yes, it is fucking tragic that, you know, you have people clinging to these planes and falling off of them. And there are a ton of people, Afghan people, that worked with the U.S. to, to, to wage these, to help us wage these wars. And they are in some real danger now that the Taliban took over. Uh, but these were, I mean, these were risks that they should have known were, were real risks. I mean, if we knew it was the, the graveyard of empires, they should have known it too. They picked the wrong team. And I mean, you know, I, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Don't trust the U.S. government. Don't trust any fucking government. That, that is one of the major takeaways from this thing. Whatever they say is bullshit. You know, it's like that, that clip from, uh, or that scene from My Cousin Vinny, where Joe Pesci just fall, he's completely asleep during the opening statement of, of the court case, and he just wakes up to give his, uh, his opening statement. Everything that guy just said is bullshit. I don't care what the fucking government is talking about, what, what words come out of that politician's mouth, unless it's Ron Paul, everything that guy just said is bullshit. And leave it at that, and you'll be you'll be much more right than you are wrong. I guarantee you. Now, again, you know, I think there's something about all of these botched withdrawals that that I find very interesting, and it's almost like they want it to be this way. You know, there's there's unbelievable amounts of propaganda and feigned concern for all the bloodshed and the tragedy whenever the U.S. is ending a war. But where was the fucking media for the last 20 years? Where was CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, all of these guys? Where was, you know, Liz Cheney, Lindsey Graham, Ted Cruz, all these guys that are coming out? Ah, oh, well, we could have done this better. We should have done this. Look, think of all these poor people over there. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. It really sucks. Imagine if we had just not gotten into this thing in the first place. And why is it? 
Why is it that the, the media is only concerned with bloodshed and tragedy when we're ending wars, not when we're waging them? No matter how wrong the wars are, no matter how unjustified they are, they don't seem to give a rip until we end it. And then it's like, oh my God, look at, look at how tragic this situation is. Yeah, it is tragic. It's tragic now, and the whole thing could have been avoided if we never got into it in the first place. So maybe if you guys spent as much time covering the tragedies of these wars while they're being waged over a fucking 20-year period, the things that we're doing, that we're starving children to death in Yemen right now, nobody's talking about that. But the second we pull out of fucking Yemen, and, and then there's all this, all this fallout, then the, then the cameras are on. Then the talking heads are yapping. Maybe if you cover it while it's going on, we can end these things a lot sooner. And we can save countless, thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives by telling the truth, by showing the American people what's going on while it's happening. Not just the very, the very tragic end that we, we, that we inevitably fuck up. Show them that all the tragedies throughout the 20 years, instead of talking about microaggressions and, and racism here. Uh, yeah, the, the fucking, how much coverage did Charlottesville get where one girl got ran over by a car? couple hundred fucking idiots marching down the street. And Joe Biden was still fucking talking about it. He ran on that. Like four years later, that was his presidential stump. Not a, not a fucking word about Afghanistan. And in the presidential debates, it's like an hour and a half in. We'll talk about it for five minutes. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they use this as some sort of justification for removing him from office. You've, you've already sort of seen some calls from that coming from the right. But you might see, start seeing them coming from the left. You know, this could be the thing that undoes the Joe Biden presidency before, you know, he can finish it. We we're all wondering how long he was going to last. I think I said until weeks, at least past week six in the NFL season or something like that. But maybe this is it. Maybe this is what, what does him in. He's unfit to serve because he botched the withdrawal from Afghanistan. I don't know. The, the conspiracy theorist in me says that that might be what they're going for here. Anyway. So I think they want it to be this way. I think they want it to be an unmitigated disaster every time we try to end one of these things so that we can point to it and have some bullshit justification as to why we can never end these wars. But everything that Joe Biden talked about in that speech, every reason he gave for ending the war in Afghanistan is just as valid for every other war that we have going on right now. So we should just end all of them. If it was right to do it in this, and he doesn't want to waste any more American lives, it's not right to ask the American uh, troops to fight for this, this kind of cause. It can't be won. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of lives. That all applies to everything, our entire fucking foreign policy. So why aren't we ending all of these other illegal, immoral, unwinnable wars that have been going on for God knows how long? We should be ending all of these immediately. There is no justification for this. The only thing that they can point to is, oh, look how bad the, it ended in Afghanistan when we pulled out. But that's inevitable. That, that ending, that, this tragic ending in Afghanistan, that story was written the second we marched in. And like Ron Paul said, we, we just marched in. We can just march out. I never thought that Joe Biden would take him so goddamn literally. <laughs> But, you know, I'd rather have that, and as sad as it is, 
I mean, there, there's no other solution to these problems that we find ourselves in. There's no panacea. There's no easy way out of this. We have to bite the bullet and we have to just end it. End it all. And I'm going to end there for today, guys. Do me a favor. Download and subscribe. Share this show. Follow me on Twitter. You know, I was just looking. I was, I was pulling up some of my tweets just to make sure I didn't forget to talk about anything. And I don't know if my, my followers are getting zucked or something, but I lost like 100 followers recently, too. So follow me on Twitter if you can. Share the show. We're not going to have YouTube clips for the foreseeable future, but uh, you know, share it another way if you can, because we got to get you know more and more American people have to hear these messages so that we can avoid these very avoidable mistakes in the future. I mean, nothing was more obvious than Afghanistan. I mean, there's you know from the fucking Romans to the Russians, everybody fucking tried to conquer this place. Nobody could do it. I don't know why the fuck we thought we were any different. But th these are very costly mistakes that we have destroyed that part of the world. We have destroyed the American you know, budget over this. We have destroyed countless American lives, let alone millions of lives of people overseas. A and this is all avoidable if you just employ libertarian principles in your lives and you, you study history, you learn the lessons of history or just listen to everything Ron Paul says. I mean, honestly, we have the most beautiful political philosophy, non-aggression principle, non-interventionist foreign policy, sound money, all of these things. All of this could have been avoided if we had more libertarians. And so I, that's why I need you to share this show. And if you guys can do that with me, uh, for me, I will be back later this week for with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.